0: Welcome to Flame Bears, the women athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. I'm your host, Jamie. This isn't a normal episode, and in fact, it's it's not even an episode. It's a conversation we thought you'd enjoy. I happened to co-chair the student-led Harvard Kennedy School Women's Conference and was so blown away by the athletes I've been working with on this podcast that I invited them to join the conference. This is a panel discussion with four of our athletes and a world-renowned sports journalist as moderator. As such, it's more relaxed in tone and the athletes interact with each other. The featured athletes include three individuals we've already spotlighted. Heidi Morsi, Egyptian modern pentathlon, Nikki Nieves, USA sitting volleyball, and Katarina Roxon, Canadian para swimming. We also feature an upcoming flame bearer, UK weightlifter, Sarah Davies, and Jane McManus moderates this discussion. Enjoy.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. And um, and thanks to Jamie and everybody at the Kennedy School who's been putting on these fantastic panels. This is a great event and I'm so excited to talk to you all, having listened to your bios, but also read a little bit about your background and seen some of the incredible work you're doing. So I'd love for our audience to get a sense of just who you are and what you're doing and you know the businesses that you run and the boards you're a part of and all of that. So if you guys could take about 30 seconds to a minute and give the short version of some of the things that you're doing um, to our audience, that would be really great. Why don't we start with you, Nikki, the Bronx.
2: You know, it's like one of those moments where you're like, please not me, please not me, please not me, (laughs) let me say your name. (laughs) Well, hello everybody. My name is Nikki. I am an athlete for Team USA sitting volleyball. Um, We won our first ever gold medal in 2016 in Rio. So I'm really excited about that and about defending that gold medal in Tokyo. I have a nonprofit by the name of Limitless People, and it provides more volleyball opportunities to both limb different individuals and able-bodied individuals for both traditional and sitting volleyball, and it's global, so it's not only statewide, but it's Caribbean, it's across the seas, wherever. Um, I've been really, really blessed and fortunate to be placed in uh, different roles, so I'm on the board of directors for USA Volleyball, and I'm an athlete rep for World Para Volley, which is kind of like a governing body for Paralympic uh, Volleyball, and then Pan Am region, which is uh, Pan America, which is our region for volleyball. So, yeah, I'm super excited to be here.
1: Awesome. Katarina, why don't you take it over?
3: Um, I'm Roxon um grew up in Newfoundland. Um, it's a really small province in Canada. Um, the farthest east you can go in North America, actually. So um, it's pretty cool. I've started swimming when I was five years old. And I grew up just because living on an island, it was a life skill to have. And it turned into this amazing, amazing adventure. And I'm still on this adventure. And I'm loving it. I've been to four Paralympic Games. And growing up for me, I didn't have anyone around me to kind of show me that even though you're different, you can still accomplish so much. So for me, now that I am I have that platform, that's what I try to do in my everyday life. Um, doesn't matter if you're a person with a physical disability or not. Um, my, my goal is to inspire people to live the best life that they can and reach for their dreams no matter what they are. And uh, I'm hoping to be able to do that in every aspect I can, um, I'm on, the provincial advisory council for persons with disability. So that helps with the minister involved and hopefully making a difference to our province and our country as well.
1: I also love the shirt that you wear on your Twitter or your, your Twitter pin tweet, which is blood, sweat and maple syrup.
3: <laughs> it's pretty cute, isn't it? It's true, blood, sweat, maple syrup. It's, it's a good combination.
1: <laughs> Sarah, how about you? I know you have your own business too.
4: Yeah so I'm a weightlifter for Great Britain. Um, I'm in my 10th year doing the sport now and um, I'm actually a PE teacher by trade so that's what I did at university and that's when I found weightlifting was while I was at university so it was kind of quite late to find sport really at like 19. Um, but yeah we're not funded by the government in any way here so we don't get any statements or anything like that so I have to still hustle. So basically I set up the business um to accommodate that because the thing is with teaching like with school holidays and all those kind of things like competition travel doesn't kind of fit into that schedule so it wasn't fair on the school and the kids for me to keep having time off so um, yeah I set up my business Um, I've been running that now since 2014 and it's doing really well so I can't complain. Um, I'm also chair of the Athletes Commission for the International Weightlifting Federation and have kind of become the face of this movement for um, a much cleaner sport of weightlifting that we've had a lot of problems recently um, with anti-doping scandals and corruption within the sport and I put my face out there on social media and ended up being like the face of the whole movement um, which sometimes I regret um, but it's kind of cool to be a part of and to really be seeing that change now in our sport which is awesome.
1: And, and last but not least, from Egypt, Heidi. And you know, I think people, I don't know if everybody understands what modern pentathlon is. So if you can yeah. include that, I'd love it.
5: So it's Heidi, uh, I'm from Egypt. I live in Cairo, the capital. And I play modern pentathlon, which is five different disciplines, which is running, swimming, fencing, shooting, and horseback riding. So, yeah, my first Olympic Games was the, the Youth Olympic Games 2014. So I'm only 22 years old. So I was the first Olympics. I was only 14 years old. And then I competed. The, the first senior Olympic Games was uh, Rio 2016. And I was almost 16 years old. And then I qualified. I was the first Egyptian female athlete to qualify to uh, uh, Tokyo. And now I'm preparing to, um, like, qualify for another sport and i will have a world cup this uh, this march uh, like this month end of uh, end of march uh so can't wait for tokyo to um, to compete there and achieve my dream
1: well then let me that's a great place for me to pivot to the next question and i'll start with you heidi with this one which is um the olympics have been postponed um yeah. last year and i in when you're an athlete and and all of your social media, if, if everybody goes to their social media pages, you're going to find pictures of them training. I mean, it's just part of what you do. And, and you train as an athlete to peak at a certain time, because if you were to train hundred percent all the time, then you would get injured, you know, injuries are a possibility, burnouts, a possibility, all of these things. So things have been on hold and things have been postponed and then they were going to happen again. And then the date changes. And then, and so you're in this place where you're having to be ready to be ready and yeah. train that way and, and just maybe if we could go around and kind of find out how that's affected what you're doing and how you're training um Heidi starting with you
5: yeah it wasn't easy at all when we heard about uh this that uh, we have to stop now because of the corona and then the olympics gonna be in, like one year later uh it wasn't easy for everyone i'm sure but Um, for me i i like i had to take it from the positive side which is to think that uh maybe i have more time to work on my weaknesses for the other sports i have time now to um uh to see like things from different perspectives and start working more in myself so the like the best thing that i qualified early on the beginning of 2019 so I already poked my ticket to the Olympics so I think it's easier for me to train you know like I'm, I'm very calm now I have to only like as I said like work more than myself and that's it because because now there's like there's no much time till the Olympics so I have to think really in a positive way so I can do my best there.
1: Sarah how about you how has that affected you and your training yeah. generally?
4: I mean, it's been an interesting one for me in terms of like the longer term plan. It's actually worked out as a positive for me. Um, I had a breakdown of a serious um, long term relationship in 2019 in the middle of Olympic qualification. Our qualification started in 2018. Didn't see it come in, like hit me hard, affected training, all of that kind of stuff, affected qualification. It's one of those things that actually now having that other year like I've got my ducks in a row I've bought my own house like and I've been able to you know get myself back on that kind of path that I would was so it's almost like this last 12 months kind of just taken it out and removed it and then gone back to where where I should have been which is really cool and um you know it's it's another year to improve it's another year to get stronger it's another year to prepare um Yes, it would have been nice to do it on time, but I actually think I'll be much better prepared now going into Tokyo um, with that extra year of training because of all the other stuff that's kind of gone on in that process. Um, I mean, I remember when I found out, like it, you know, it did knock me and it pushed me back. And, you know, in, in Britain, we've, pretty much been in national lockdown for like 12 months now and we've had all sorts of like different variations of it I was training outside in the garden which doing it weightlifting isn't ideal because you can't drop the weights the same and you know it has affected training um, but just gotta get your head down make the most of it and and just keep pushing and thankfully now you know as it gets closer things are looking up and, and training's going well so I can't complain. Katarina how about
3: you? It was a blessing in disguise, uh, as much as it's really, really disappointing. Um, last year, I was getting ready when the coronavirus hit, and we all had to go lockdown. I was getting ready to go for trials a week later, and I was, I was definitely devastated, and because I was ready, I was ready to go. Um, there were so many different things that happened in 2019, and they, it, I thought that it would set me back but it really, it pushed me forward and my training was just going amazing. And then when all this happened last year, it was just, it kind of like, it took me it took me by surprise and I was kind of lost for a little bit. I still t- tried to keep my training up as much as I could, but then you kind of go into like, little parts where it's like you have your high moments and you're doing great. And then you go into those low moments and it's, I don't wanna do a single thing. I don't feel like training at all. Like this is just, it just, it just kills you a little bit. And I honestly thought it was just, maybe I'm going through it. Maybe just something for me, like, and I started talking to a few of my friends on the national team who are spread across the country and a few friends in Australia and whatnot. And I was really relieved to find out that I wasn't the only one and we were all feeling the same way. And I'm not saying we're in the st- all in the same boat because everyone's boat is different. Um, there's so many different circumstances, people in different countries, we all have different different issues going on as well. So, I mean, it's not the same boat, but it's, it's similar storms we're going through. And it's nice that we can lean on each other and lean on our teammates, your family, your friends, and to kind of help you through that. And once we, started reopening things up. It's, it felt great. I was, I felt at home being back in the pool and it's been pretty good ever since I'm back on lockdown. Now it's been three weeks now since I haven't been in the pool. So I'm really itching to get back in, but I'm doing everything I possibly can outside of the pool. I'm doing my dry land even more than I've done before. I'm getting outside. I'm trying to see the positive side of it. And you know what? Like the other girl said, it's, it gives you an extra an extra year to train, and that's it's definitely a blessing in disguise as much as it is a really negative situation. And I think if we look at this situation as a positive as much as we can, then it really helps you mentally as well as physically to be able to push yourself forward in your personal life, in your training life, and I think overall it'll be it'll be good in the end. Hopefully we can get to Tokyo this year. Um, Really pushing for that. So I mean, I'm doing everything I can right now. And I'm sure everybody else is too. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: Man. So I like admire all of you ladies, because all of you were like, we're going to look at the positives. And for me, when I I was like, what's going to happen? Like nobody talks to me. I'm going to be depressed for like maybe a month or two. Especially because I'm in a team sport. So now I'm freaking out because we're like, like you said, you peak at a certain time. So now all of our camps and our trainings consist of working on new systems and trying to figure out new ways to like get around the defense or whatever the case may be. And now it's like completely stopped, like completely halted. You couldn't go to the gym. And then like you're trying to, maintain your best at home. But of course, my home weights are not as strong or as big as the gym weights. So then like in the beginning I'm just like hyper going at it because I'm like I have to stay in shape. I have to get this done. Um but ultimately I mean it definitely I feel like it brought our team closer because we are all that we have and we're we're the ones that understand each other the most because we're all in it together. um Thankfully we already qualified for Tokyo but it still sucked like having to do nothing. And then we tried to get back to it twice. And then Corona was like, you thought, nope, not this month. Uh, But no, it was difficult. It was really, really difficult. And I don't know, I think mentally we've all come out stronger from it. Um, Definitely have learned how to adapt. And ultimately I feel like I learned, even though it is a team sport and I can't be with my team right now, what can I do to make me the best so that when I get back with my team, I'm not the one that's dragging everybody behind, that they can depend on me and count on me and know that like, okay, we don't see Nikki, but like Nikki's at home, like taking her subs and getting to sleep on time and getting some cardio in and doing some home workouts, you know? So
1: I I love your answers also because you do you it's it isn't just a physical process. There is this emotional element to it. And um and that's what's so I think that's what's so relatable. You know, anybody, everybody can understand that because everybody has had to kind of deal with that speed bump in their lives for the last year. Um, and so, I, you know, but I think that, you know, athletes like you all are, you know, you're ambitious people, you're high achievers, you're used to being on the go, you're, you have big dreams that you're trying to achieve. And in this last year, it's just been wait and wait. And wait, and and that, I know that that's an emotional place that's that we're all kind of trying to, everybody who has ambition and has goals is trying to deal with this. And so how do you all kind of negotiate that given that you also have this physical task that you are looking at and kind of going toward Nikki, if you can start us off again.
2: Doing exactly like you said, just waiting. I think it's also like coming to terms, knowing that like, this is just one of those things that I don't have control over. Um, and yeah, it's, it'll be awesome if I get to go, but then there's still that possibility that it might get canceled again. I'm praying and I'm hoping, and I'm wishing that it doesn't, but I mean, it's real. So it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, like we can't sit here and think about, okay, well, if it doesn't happen, what do we do next? No, we're going to keep going. Like it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it's better to be prepared than get caught having to catch up. Katarina.
3: Oh, I, I agree completely with Nikki. Like I I feel the same way. And, you know, like I said before, like there's times when you don't feel like training and then you have to think, okay, the games do go ahead. Do you want to go into the games more prepared than you've ever been in your life? Or do you want to be, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that. So it's, and I get everyone has hard days. Uh, trust me. I, I totally get that. And um, a lot of times, it's sometimes you. Sometimes you just have to just not train. You just you need that mental physical break, and you come back stronger and harder the next day. But sometimes, if you push through all of that, oh, you feel so good. You feel so good that you. Okay, great. You know what? I'm so glad I got that workout in, and this is one step closer to achieving my dreams and achieving my goals. And I mean all of us, we have this amazing platform. And I think if we use that to help others as well, because you, you don't know what others are going through, you don't know how they're feeling. Is if you're feeling like this right now, imagine how somebody else is feeling, right? So for me, I try, to, I try to encourage as much people as I can, especially my teammates, the people who I grew up with, my friends, and cause you know, everyone's going through this and we are able to encourage each other the same way. And their life might not be the exact same as us, But if we encourage each other, again, it makes this world a bit of a better place, you know?
1: Heidi, what about you? I mean, and you're at the beginning of your Olympic journey too. Uh,
3: Yeah, so I agree with
5: them because uh, uh, in the beginning, the first thing we said after knowing all of these, that this is something not even happening in our country, but it's something that happened all over the world and we cannot even control this. So in the beginning, yeah, even me, I said, yeah, so, I still have one more year. Yeah, I can work on this, but let's rest now or take some rest for, for for now, because I um, I want to be like mentally ready to train. Uh, like sometimes I usually say that as long as we train our body, we have to train our mind as well because we need to be ready for this, uh, like mentally and physically. But then it was easier for me than my team because I, I as I mentioned I I already qualified, so I have. Like it was easier for me, but I have to push my teammates as well because I want them with me there because we can um, we can compete there, like two girls from Egypt and two boys. Uh so we still have more slots for the for the Olympic Games. So we as a team, we have like we have to push ourselves because because we all know that it's hard time, but, but this is the time that we need to push ourselves because because like we're only, we're very close, like only five, six months to go. So, so yeah, like uh, we, we, in the beginning we said, oh, okay, one year and a half, but now it's only half of the year to go. So yeah, we, 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 like, we don't have time as we, as we like, as we said in the beginning, but now we we just have to push ourselves and just be positive.
1: And Sarah, you have a company that actually deals with training also. So you must be having to talk to other people about this as well.
4: Yeah, so obviously like I've got my own thing, but like I've obviously still had the Olympics to work towards and you know, the possibility of a continental championships next month. Whereas I work with a lot of people who do the sport for fun or at a lower level, um, you know, they compete for national titles and stuff, but you know, there's no real end in sight for when we will get competitions like that. Like we've not had any like in-person competitions since the last national championships we had was in the November 2019. So, um, coaching those kind of people, like to help get them through that, because even like, you know, some of my teammates who are maybe good enough to make international teams but not Olympic teams, like they're kind of training with no purpose right now. So I have to consider myself thankful that I do still have that purpose to train towards. Like, I still have Tokyo to push for, because um, I think I'd be really struggling right now mentally if I didn't have that. Like if I was, you know, thinking about maybe for us commonwealth games which is a bit like pan am games for you guys or um you know the paris olympics like i'd be struggling right now to to find that motivation with a a goal so far away but as we just said then like tokyo is coming around really fast right now um so it's about focusing on that but also focusing on your own journey because you know we talked mentioned briefly about social media earlier and posting training and you see your competitors on there and they're posting training you're like oh they look amazing but like that's their highlight reel. You don't know that yesterday they weren't crying in the corner of the gym and, and, you know, couldn't get themselves motivated to train. And it's about acknowledging that and acknowledging that it's all part of your journey and listening to you and your body and making sure you're the best prepared that you can be going into it rather than what everybody else is doing. And that's one thing that I've had to do with my clients as well, is to make sure that they're aware of their own journey and everything that they're dealing with psychologically and how it's affected their lives and their jobs and all of that kind of stuff. Like, there's so many factors to consider, and like we're in it together. And I think it is something that has brought the world together, really, in a way because we've all gone through it together in in various different ways in our own struggles. But um, in in some ways, it has brought everyone closer together.
1: That's a really important point. You know, the Olympics are about bringing people from all over the world together, and so that we can see our commonality and our humanity. And here's something that really has united us all in a in a you know in a way that it doesn't necessarily feel great to have to go through it but at the same time there is that there is the commonality of it that's a
0: great point if you're enjoying this conversation catch the full discussion on our website flamebearerspodcast.com you'll also actually be able to see them because this was a live panel discussion so definitely check it out thanks for tuning into flamebears the women athletes carrying tokyo's torch for more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Flame Bears. Be sure to tune into next week's episode, where I speak with Tamara Leonelli of the Chilean table tennis team about Spina Bifida and her vision for the games moving forward.